The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. Okay, on round one, Robert Turner is here from News Talk 1010. Shelley Carroll, Toronto City Councillor. And Amanda Galbraith joins us remotely. She is a, well, not remotely, but... <laughs> you just can't get over the fact you've got two people in your studio right now. I am not used to people, I'll tell you. Amanda Galbraith, <laughs> Principal and Navigator and the host of Free For All Fridays. Okay, well, let's start with the municipal race. We do have a city councillor here. Uh, Mitzi Hunter joining the race. And I don't know if you were listening, but uh, Brad Bradford popped into our studios this morning to make his his case. It's getting to be a pretty crowded field, isn't it? It is a crowded field. And I, I did hear Brad this morning. He made some good points. Everyone's making good points. It's all very happy and sociable so far. Oh. Okay, that's it? I mean. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's a crowded race and everybody's being very, very uh, uh, collegial about it. They're, they're all, you know, encouraging each other and yet running on their own platforms. But it, there are so many people who want to be in a field of front runners and, and any race can really only handle four or five front runners and right now we've got about eight or nine or ten yeah. so things are going to heat up I think uh, once council is through and and as of April 3rd you you really have to register and start raising your funds I think that's when we're going to start to see a very lively race and some debate Amanda Galbraith I don't want to take anything necessarily away from these candidates they're all uh, well and truly good people but I was saying to Mark Tui this morning it strikes me that most of them are kind of like 75 percent ready for the job <laughs> uh, I guess it's better than 50%, right? That's what we'll just tell ourselves as they all go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly, Kayla, I don't think anybody's ever going to be ready to be mayor of Toronto until you're in the role. I think it's a, it's a big, huge job. Um, and I think people realize uh, how much work it is. Um, but, you know, hopefully folks get in there they'll have good people around them to do it the one thing i will say to mitzi hunter with the greatest of respect is she has to stop speaking about herself in the third person mitzi oh, is, is in it to win it she she's done it twice she did it in the article you John sent would never in it do to that. Win it. it drives me politicians do that it drives me absolutely nuts nobody talks like that so she's a lovely woman who's smart and she should stop doing that. The <laughs> only person, the only human being who can get away with speaking about themselves that way is The Rock. Uh, unless you're doing yeah. that. He's it. I, I agree. Uh, I heard the Brad Bradford interview this morning, John. I thought it was... I thought what he had to say on the gardener was really interesting, um, and I, I think he positioned it in a way for people who haven't been paying attention to the issue that might actually change some minds. Um, his language was super specific when you asked him about yeah. the police budget and his votes, and the more specific the language is, the weaselier the politician's trying to be. Josh Matlow brought forward a, a motion at council that Josh Matlow branded as defunding the police, and Brad Bradford initially voted for it. So he's got to wear that uh, and then explain how he got where he got on that. And Josh Matlow's going to have to wear it. But there's a lot of racetrack here for these guys to define themselves, let everybody know who they are. But it's so crowded, it's going to be really hard to cut through. Mitzi Hunter is on the rush this afternoon with Reshmi at 420. Uh, so, you know, if you want to hear what Mitzi Hunter has to offer, Mitzi will be there. Third person, first Talking person, we'll Mitzi. find out. Yep. Yeah. There's a certain sort of um, King John, King Richard aspect to all of this stuff, though, isn't there? That Because uh, remember in Robin Hood, King Richard's off on the Crusades and King John is sort of the illegitimate king. And I think every 
everybody's waiting for um, John Tory to come back, and John Tory is not coming back. I mean, the John Tory era, you guys had to formalize it yesterday, Shelley. We did. The, the seat is now uh, officially vacant, and, and so the campaign really began yesterday in, in the council chamber with, with some candidates sitting right there in the room. Um, and, and, and people really do need to move on from that. He, he did leave a legacy. We are, we are now working on projects that, uh, that we all voted for, because remember, while he was there, he never did um, evoke those strong mayor powers. He never had to veto anything. He built consensus, and, and, and on that basis, we can keep going. But uh, um, there, there's very little discussion there of will he come back, will he weigh in on the mayor's race or anything like that. He's taken the position of, I'm just going to stabilize the city after what I've done and then let them get on with it. Uh, Jennifer McKelvey is the deputy mayor serving as the mayor, and Robert Turner yesterday, she was warning of service cuts. I was pressuring Brad Bradford this morning saying, okay, what would you cut? I mean, honestly, the KPMG report mapped out what we could cut, and we never did it. Well, and I don't think the city feels like it's ever had to do it because they figure the other levels of government are going to jump in. And I still think they will. Uh, I just think if you're going to make an announcement, you're not going to get your most political bang for your buck if you're the Liberals doing it with the federal budget. And Doug Ford probably wants to see who his dancing partner is before he offers up any money and sees where it's going to go. Uh, I mean, because as much as I'm going to stay out of this campaign, but don't vote for any of those defund the police wackos. I mean, I, I love Doug Ford for that because <laughs> uh, he can't help himself. So we'll see where this goes. If we truly don't get the help from the other levels of government, I mean, I guess you have to start deciding what is our priority. And, and Brad Bradford did say that and then wouldn't define what any of those priorities were. And I think everybody's going to be reluctant to do that. But if it comes down to we either pay for ambulances or we keep the libraries open, I think that's pretty clear what we're going to do. I don't think we're going to get there. But we may have to have conversations about the money we give out to street festivals every year and the money that we spend on arts programs. And, the you know, we, we spend money to make sure that parks and rec fees are kept low. Well, again, if we're talking about the roads aren't passable or we cut those things, we're going to have to make hard choices. I've got your slogan already, bodies before books. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> uh, Amanda Galbraith, you spent time at City Hall, but things were never as dire as they are right now. Oh, if people will remember this, but actually we passed the first budget in 2014. I think it had an $80 million hole in it um, because, or 50, I forget what the, because the, we didn't have a balanced budget. It was the first time we ever did that. And that was sort of the mayor's way of um, saying, hey, other levels of government, you got to pony up. And they did eventually. Um, the province did. So I think this is like, this dance is done every year, candidly. And the good thing about having uh, Mayor Tory in the seat was he was able to extort or get money out of both levels of government, I think, very easily to the point where we sort of took it for granted. I think that's correct. So um, when people are thinking about who they're voting for in a couple months, um, we do really seriously need to think about who can work best with both like a Justin Trudeau and a Doug Ford. And that's a very kind of, I think, unique or tough individual to, to find. Um, and I do think, yeah, we can make hard choices in the city. I don't think we've had to because we've had somebody who's been pretty good at getting money out of both levels of government. Um, I myself think a little bit of um, austerity at City Hall to kind of say, hey, we don't need to fund, like we don't need to subsidize every street festival on the face of the planet Earth is actually perfectly fine with me. Um, but I know there'll be a huge uproar whenever that uh, that happens. We'll see who's got the stomach to do it.
Well, that's the thing, Shelley. Every time we identify something that we might cut, we get squawking and some city councillor champions the cause and we don't cut. Oh, 100%. And, and you talk about the old uh, KPMG report back in the, the Rob Ford days. I sat in those meetings. We sat two meetings of, of 24 hours each listening to people outraged at the possibility of cutting some of the services uh, that we did. Um, someone said we should get out of the theatre business. The city owns three theatres. Um, KPMG MG said, put them up for sale. No one wanted to buy them. Should we? And so we're, we're still running them. Um, well, well, quite frankly, if you are going to fund the arts, those venues become the, the most affordable places for, for us to, to extend, at least the theater arts. And out of that comes the private sector theater scene because we're, we're building talent. And so people made a good case. For every, for every dollar you spend in the arts, it brings back economic development of something like $10. And so, you know, everyone made business cases for keeping the things that we kept. Um, and, and we made a, a minor amount of cuts. There's very little you can cut in operating. What we need, and we discussed this all day in council yesterday, is a brand new funding formula. We need to sustain ourselves the way other big cities do in the world, and that's having things other than property tax to sustain yourself. And so we got to have that grown-up conversation that we keep avoiding. Okay, speaking of grown-up conversations, sometimes they happen over a glass of wine. Uh, <laughs> Shelley, your co-sponsor of a motion to allow us to uh, drink in a public park. Yeah, this will be I won't need a paper bag anymore? Well, well, uh, hopefully. Um, this is leftover business from last term. We, we, we talked about it twice and then punted it yet again and said, uh, uh, well, let's talk about it next spring. And, and, and then we got a little further in the discussion. We said, maybe we'll do it as a pilot, but we can't do it this year. So let's talk about it next year. What I learned from my, my staff, because uh, it would come to, to the committee that I chair, Economic Development, is if we wait until May Council, once again, we'll have to say we, we don't have time to amend bylaws and do it this summer. So you need to walk on something right now and at least ask council, do you want to have a pilot? And that's all we're going to decide this month. Do you want to have a pilot? Then parks will go around, see which councillors want to take part in it. And if they want to take part, staff will recommend here's the best park in your ward. And what you'll end up with is a web page that says these are parks where, where it's legal for, for the summer of 23 to drink from July 1st to, to okay. Thanksgiving, and that's 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 what we'll try. Amanda, there's just something so peak Toronto about a pilot project to see if people can drink in a public park. <laughs> yeah, like what? Like I say this, and I know there's complications to it, but like, what are we piloting? Like honestly, I was in Paris last year. Like we bought a bottle of like like relatively cheap champagne, sat there and drank it out of a paper cup, disposed of it. Like we have a pilot that's been running for ten years in Trinity Bellwoods. It works yeah. very well. Like it's fine. So I, I do I know I know last year was all hemming and hawing and this and then whatever. I just think it's yeah, like, want to talk about wasting money? Let's waste money well, over two years. Just stop I mean, going last back, year it was the fact that Matt, Matt Lowe brought it forward last year and nobody wanted to go along <laughs> well, with it. I think that was, right, yes. that was what happened, right? <laughs> we um, I assume he'll take part in the pilot because he really did want it. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, no, with everything going on in the city right now, I was thinking to myself this morning, what could we do to possibly have more people walking around in an altered state? So I just say we go with it. <laughs> okay. I don't know that everyone's going to go zombie. Not a lot of time on the clock, but another big issue, and Robert Turner, it's worth knowing 
noting that this affects our company is uh, whether or not we need cell phone service in subway tunnels. Yeah, I think we're at that stage of a story where everybody's looking for what they can glom onto to maybe this will be the fix. Um, a lot of the incidents we've seen on violence on public transit have happened on surface routes where you cell phones do work and magically your cell phone doesn't project, project a force field. So I don't really know how much of a difference it would be. Yeah, I think we should have uh, cell phones working in subways. We do in other jurisdictions in Canada with the big companies. So I, I know everybody wants to look at the evil phone companies and, you know, we're owned by Bell. Uh, but... If it's happening in other places, I would look at the transit authority and say, here in Toronto, and say, what deal did you guys sign that this isn't working? Yeah. Well, I mean, Shelly, Carol, this is yeah. a lot about intransigence of, of companies that don't apparently want to get along. Yeah, but this is that's something that should have been looked into. Before you take this sweet deal with an extra $20 million, you make sure that it is going to work with those platforms because you know how our cell net networks work in this uh, country. You know that going into this deal. So I, I, I'm not sure why we, we made this deal if, uh, if we hadn't secured the knowledge that we were going to be able to interconnect. It goes beyond safety for me. This is, this is just straight uh, uh, economic reputation. Great cities in the world all have this and have had for a decade. So we look pathetic not having this. We need to make whatever investment is made to correct this and get on with it. Thank you all. Good to have you. Robert Turner, Amanda Galbraith, and Shelley Carroll. Catch the Roundtable Round 1 at 745. Round 2 at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.